Hello, and welcome back to Overbooked, a podcast for stories. This week, I will not be covering book, but I will be going over my top 10 best thrillers. I definitely like all genres of books, but thrillers, murder mysteries, and suspense are my favorites. It can be young adult or for mature audiences. Doesn't matter. I'm probably going to like it. I'm also that girl who listens to these books on Audible sometimes because it feels like a super long true crime podcast, which I absolutely love. I actually have a separate Instagram for thriller book reviews. It's called Thrill Book Club. It has like 160 book reviews on it. So if you need even more thriller recommendations after this episode, then look no further. Thrill Book Club is where it's at. The order I'm re reviewing the books today is actually not important at all. There is no way I could put them like one through 10, like one being the best, because collecting the list itself was so hard. So I do have some honorable mentions at the end as well, because I just couldn't leave them out. It kind of felt like leaving some of my stuffed animals on the floor as a kid and then grabbing them later because I thought it would hurt their feelings. I just could not leave them out. It just felt too rude. So Without further ado, let's just jump into the book lineup. Okay, our first book is An Unwanted Guest by Sherry LaPena. And I'm just going to read like a short plot, kind of describing all the books for you guys. So for An Unwanted Guest, it's a winter in the Catskills at Mitchell's Inn, nestled deep in the woods. It's the perfect setting for a relaxing, maybe even romantic weekend getaway. It boasts spacious old rooms with huge wood-burning fireplaces, a well-stocked wine cellar, and opportunities for cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, or just curling up with a good murder mystery. So when the weather takes a turn for the worse and a blizzard cuts off the electricity and all contact with the outside world, the guests settle in and try to make the best of it. Soon, though, one of the guests turns up dead, and it kind of looks like an accident. But when a second guest dies, they start to panic. Within the snowed in paradise, something or someone is picking off the guests one by one and there's nothing they can do but hunker down and hope they can survive the storm and one another. Okay, this book was so much fun because it jumps from character to character, which I absolutely love because it makes the book move fairly quickly. And also you don't know who's gonna be like reliable because they're showing you the inside of their mind, but you don't know if they're telling you the truth. And it has more than one major twist in this book. My overall score for this book was a 9 out of 10. Book number two is A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. Everyone in Fairview knows the story. Pretty and popular high school senior Addie Bell was murdered by her boyfriend, Sal Singh, who then killed himself. It was all anyone could talk about, and five years later, Pip sees how the tragedy still haunts her town. But she can't shake the feeling that there was more to what happened that day. She knew Sal when she was a child, and he was always so kind to her. How could he possibly have been a killer? Now a senior herself, Pip decides to re-examine the closed case for her final project, a first just to cast doubt on the original investigation. But soon she discovers a trail of dark secrets that might actually prove Sal innocent. And the line between past and present begins to blur. Someone in Fairview doesn't want Pip digging around for answers, and now her own life might be in danger. This book was definitely inspired by Serial, the podcast. So if you were a fan of Serial at all, you will like this book and you will like the second. 
you might not love the third. I gave the two first books a 10 out of 10 and a 9 out of 10. But the third book, I was not a fan of. I kind of felt like it deviated from Pip's like character, like truly her inside character. I just felt like she, she made decisions that Pip would not have made in real life. Um, the book for the first one, though, A Good Girl's Guide to Murder, the, the very first one, I felt like it was so well thought out. And there is no way you will guess who the killer is, and especially in book number two. Holly Jackson really nailed it. She actually came out with a novella recently, which is just a very short prequel to the whole entire series itself. So before Pip even decided to cover the case for her senior project. Um, but like I said, I rated this book a 10 out of 10. Third, we have The Night Swim by Megan Golden. Ever since her true crime podcast became an overnight sensation and set an innocent man free, Rachel Kroll has become a household name and the last hope for people seeking justice. But she's used to being recognized for her voice and not her face, which makes it all the more unsettling when she finds a note on her car windshield addressed to her begging for help. The new season of Rachel's podcast has brought her to a small town being torn apart by a devastating rape trial. A local golden boy, a swimmer destined for the Olympic greatness, has been accused of raping the beloved granddaughter of the police chief. Under pressure to make season three a success, Rachel throws herself into the investigation, but the mysterious letters keep coming. Someone is following her, and she won't stop until Rachel finds out what happened to her sister 25 years ago. Officially, Jenny Stills tragically drowned, but the letter insists that she was actually murdered, and Rachel starts asking questions nobody in town wants to answer them. The past and present start to collide as Rachel uncovers startling connections between the two cases and a revelation that will change the course of the trial and the lives for everyone involved. I think the podcast angle of this book is what got me interested right away, and it is so perfectly executed as well. The main character is super likable, and the twists and turns keep coming, like every single chapter. It's bonkers. My overall score for this book was 10 out of 10. Number four, The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. In a peaceful retirement village, four unlikely friends meet weekly in the Jigsaw Room to discuss unsolved crimes together. They call themselves the Thursday Murder Club. When a local developer is found dead with a mysterious photograph left next to his body, the Thursday Murder Club suddenly find themselves in the middle of their first live case. As the bodies begin to pile up, can an unorthodox but brilliant gang catch the killer before it's too late? Okay, so for this book, think Golden Girls meets Nancy Drew meets Sherlock Holmes. They're like funny, but these lovable old people and they're British, which makes them 10 times funnier. And it's actually a really fun listen on Audible because they are British. I find that those are like the best Audible books. But this series as a whole is the absolute best. Me and my sister are obsessed with the Thursday Murder Club. I will probably in the next month or two be covering all three books on this podcast. I'll do the whole entire series. I love it that much. I will take any excuse to reread this. For the very first book, my overall rating was once again a perfect 10 out of 10. Number five is The Sanatorium by Sarah Pierce. Half hidden by forest and overshadowed by threatening peaks, Les Sommet have, has always been a sinister place. Long plagued by troubling rumors, the former abandoned sanatorium has since been renovated into a five-star minimalist hotel. 
An imposing, isolated getaway spot high up in the Swiss Alps is the last place Ellen Warner wants to be. But Ellen's taken time off from her job as a detective. So when her estranged brother Isaac and his fiancée, Lori, invite her to celebrate their engagement at the hotel, Ellen really has no reason not to accept. Arriving in the midst of a threatening storm, Ellen immediately feels on edge. There's something about the hotel that is just making her nervous. And when they wake up the following morning to discover Lori is missing, Ellen must trust her instincts if they hope to find her. With the storm closing off all access to the hotel, the longer Lori stays missing, the more the remaining guests start to panic. Ellen is under pressure to find Lori, but no one has realized yet that another woman has gone missing. And she's the only one who could have warned them just how much danger they are all in. This book is so creepy. Like, so creepy. It has, like, if you don't like really kind of like more sinister stuff, this starts to edge on it a little bit. So maybe stay away from this one. I love that stuff. So it's perfect for me. And I rated this book a 9 out of 10. Number six, The Other Family by Wendy Corsi Staub. It's the perfect home for the perfect family. Pretty Nora Howell, her handsome husband, and their two teenage daughters and a lovable dog. As Californian transplants making a fresh start in Brooklyn, they expected to live in a shoebox, but the brownstone has a huge kitchen, lots of light, and a backyard. The catch, its previous residents were victims of a grisly triple homicide that remains unsolved to this day. Soon, odd things begin to happen. The pug is nosing around like a bloodhound. Nora unearths a long, hidden, rusty box in the flower bed. Oldest daughter Stacy, obsessed with the family murdered in their house, pokes into the bloody past and becomes convinced that a stranger is watching the house, watching them specifically. She's right, but one of the Howells will recognize his face because one of them has a secret that will blindside the others with the truth that lies shockingly close to home and to this one's terrifying history. The twists in this book are so good. I absolutely loved it. Loved every second of it. There's also a small little love story in it, which I, that's like the perfect combo for me. I want like a little bit of like fun, beginning to fall in love story along with, you know, just a gruesome murder, just real good balance of the two. And my overall score for this book was a nine out of 10. Number seven, We Are All the Same in the Dark by Julia Haberlin. It's been a decade since Truman L. Branson disappeared, leaving only a bloody handprint behind. Her pretty face still hangs like a watchful green eye on the posters of the Walls Towns Baptist Church, the police station, and in the high school. They all promise the same thing. We will find you. Meanwhile, True's brother Wyatt lives as a pariah in the desolation of the old family house, cleared of wrongdoing by the police, but tried and sentenced in the court of public opinion and in a new documentary about the crime. When Wyatt finds a lost girl dumped in a field of dandelions making silent wishes, he believes she is a sign. The town's youngest cop, Odette Tucker, believes she is a catalyst that will ignite a seething town still waiting for its own missing girl to come home. But Odette can't look away. She shares a wound that won't close with the mute, one-eyed mystery girl, and she is haunted by her own history with the missing true. Desperate to solve both cases, Odette fights to save the lost girl and the present, and to dig up the shocking truth about a fateful night in the past. The night her friend disappeared, and the night that inspired her to become a cop. The night that wrote them all in a role in the town's dark, violent mythology. Ooh, once again, this book has multiple twists. 
I always like books where people make a comeback from the court of public opinion. So this one was really interesting to me. There is like two parts of this book, which I didn't understand. And when I realized what happened, I was sad, shocked, but even more intrigued than I had been in the first half of the book. So just like emotionally and mentally prepare for that. It is so, so well written. The author, as you can tell, just incredibly smart. I mean, just that like short little synopsis is just so well written. My overall score for this book was a 9.5 out of 10. Number eight, 20 Years Later by Charlie Donnelly. Avery Mason, host of American Events, knows the subjects that grab a TV audience's attention. Her latest story, a murder mystery laced with kinky sex, tragedy, and betrayal is guaranteed to be ratings gold. New DNA technology has allowed the New York Medical Examiner's Office to make its first successful identification of a 9-11 victim in years. The twist is the victim, Victoria Ford, had been accused of the gruesome murder of her married lover. In a chilling last phone call to her sister, Victoria begged her to prove her innocence. Emma Kind has waited 20 years to put her sister to rest, but closure won't be complete until she can clear Victoria's name. Alone, she's had no luck, but she's convinced that Avery's connections and fame will help. Avery, hoping to negotiate a more lucrative network contract, goes into the investigation overdrive. Victoria has been having an affair with a successful novelist found hanging from the balcony at the Catskills mansion that he owns. The rope, the bedroom, and the entire crime scene was covered in Victoria's DNA. But the twisted puzzle of Victoria's private life is just the beginning. And what Avery doesn't realize is, there, is that there are other players in the game who are interested in Avery's own secret past, one that she has kept hidden from both the network executives and her television audience, a secret she thought was dead and buried. This book is one of a kind. The 9-11 twist itself is just totally crazy, but there's so much more to it than that. Like so much more. And I love a book that delivers like a deadly, deadly twist in the very last chapter. And this book does exactly that. My overall score for this book was a 9.5 out of 10. Number nine, All Good People Here by Ashley Flowers. Everyone from Wakarusa, Indiana, remembers the infamous case of January Jacobs, who was discovered in a ditch hours after her family awoke to find her gone. Margot Davies was six at the time, the same age as January, and they were next-door neighbors. In the 20 years since, Margot has grown up, moved away, and become a big city journalist. But she's always been haunted by the feeling that it could have been her. And the worst part is, January's killer has never been brought to justice. When Margot returns home to help care for her uncle after he is diagnosed with early onset dementia, she feels like she's walked into a time capsule. Wakarusa is exactly how she remembers, genial, stifled, and secretive. The news breaks about five-year-old Natalie Clark from the next town over, who's gone missing under circumstances eerily similar to January's. With all the old feelings rushing back, Margot vows to find Natalie and to solve January's murder once and for all. But the police, Natalie's family, and the townspeople, they all seem to be hiding something. And the deeper Margot digs into Natalie's disappearance, the more resistance she encounters, and the colder January's case feels. Could January's killer still be out there? Is it the same person who took Natalie? And at what cost will it be to finally discover what truly happened that night 20 years ago? 
Oh man, Ashley Flowers. I genuinely cannot believe that the host of Crime Junkie is the person who wrote this book. It is a legitimately good book. I for sure think it was inspired by the death of Jean Benet Ramsey, which makes it so good because it just lets your imagination kind of run wild of like what really did happen to that poor little girl, which is weird that I kind of mentioned her last week and today as well. <laughs> um, but this book is so good. I'm actually re-listening to it right now on Audible because it's kind of like a comfort book for me, I guess. But my overall score for this book is a 9.5 out of 10. Number 10, The Last of Vanished by Megan Miranda. 10 years ago, Abigail Lovett fell into a job that she loves, managing the Passage Inn, a cozy upscale resort nestled in North Carolina mountain town, Cutters Pass. Cutters Pass is best known for its outdoor offerings, rafting and hiking, with access to the Appalachian Trail by way of a gorgeous waterfall and its mysterious history. As the book begins, the string of unsolved disappearances that has haunted the town is once again thrust into the spotlight when journalist Landon West, who is staying at the inn to investigate the story of the vanishing trail, then disappears himself. Abby has sometimes felt like an outsider within the community, but she's come to view Cutter's Pass as her home. When Landon's brother Trey shows up looking for answers, Abby can't help but feel the town closing ranks, and she's still on the outside. When she finds incriminating evidence that may bring them closer to the truth, Abby soon discovers how little she knows about her coworkers, neighbors, and even those closest to her. The setting of this book itself is a 10 out of 10. Also, thanks to my mother-in-law, I recently discovered how to pronounce Appalachian, so I felt pretty cool saying it here. I'm located in Utah, and when people say Zion instead of Zion, or Alta instead of Alta, um, it oddly bothers me. I know it's a me problem, but it bothers me. So hopefully I can go to North Carolina one day and then just stun them with my perfect enunciation of the word Appalachian. Stunning. The murder mystery in this book is fantastic and also has several twists. My overall score of this book was a 9 out of 10. Okay, now it's time for my honorable mentions. And I only have 8 of them compared to the 10 on the list above, but it's fine. I'm going to keep it short though, so don't worry. Uh, the first one is The Last Time I Lied by Riley Sager. Think Girls Camp Horror. Number two is In the Dark Dark Wood by Ruth Ware. It's like a murder during a hen's weekend. Number three is Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson. Private School Cold Case Mystery. Number four is The Maid's Diary by Lori Than. It's a murdered maid with horrible bosses. Number five, Girls Like Us by Christina Alger. It's just a devastating murder mystery. I can't really say much more. It'll totally give it away and the shock factor is worth it. Number six is last week's episode, The Maid by Nita Prose, murder mystery with an autistic main character. Number seven is The Silent Patient by Alex Michaelides, I think is how you say his last name. And it's a murder mystery with unreliable narrators. And then number eight is The Maidens by Alex Michaelides. Um, think like Cambridge murder mystery with Greek mythology and dark academia. Okay, I went through those quick, like I said I would. Once again, I have so many thriller recommendations. So head to Thrill Book Club if you need any more. 
I, on my Instagram, overdocbooked podcast, goodness, kind of a tongue twister for a second there. I posted a suggestion box for what I should do next, like my next book episode. And I got a lot of responses, some of them so good. So I took the four most popular ones and had you guys vote and you guys voted on the Midnight Library, which I've already started. I'm about 10% through and it's so good so far. It's, I know the subject is dark, but it doesn't feel dark yet. And I'm really, really loving the countdown part of it. So if you want to read that in preparation for next Thursday's episode, go ahead and start now. I think it's like 308 pages. Like it's not a very long book, so you could totally read it in a week and then just kind of listen on my thoughts next week or just listen to it without reading it, whatever you like to do. But that will be next week's book. I will do my vision board. I'll cast everyone, set the scene. This one takes place in London. Well, kind of suburb takes place in England. That's a stretch. Um, but in my mind, that just always makes it better. <laughs> so it should be a pretty fun one to create. Um, hopefully today's episode inspired you to go and get some of these books. A lot of them are Kindle Unlimited. If you have access to that, 10 out of 10 recommend. I love Kindle Unlimited. But thank you so much for listening and I will catch you guys next Thursday.